This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You're listening to the West End Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West End Way podcast with myself, Mark Carlaw, standing in for Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week, it was a week of two halves for West Ham fans as we took the stunning victory at Spurs in their own backyard, followed by an embarrassing thrashing at the hands of Fulham. The concerns over our leaky defence, why didn't Moyes select some academy players? Pressure growing on the boss again before we get news from X and answer questions from patrons of the West Ham way. So X, it's been a well a week of extremes for West Ham fans, to say the least. I think uh, obviously fantastic result midweek against Tottenham, and then followed by an absolute hammering uh, at the hands of Fulham. Um, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm a little bit drained from it this week. I can't actually believe uh, the ups and downs that we've had. Um, how about you? Yeah, no, exactly the same, mate. It's just the way with West Ham, isn't it? It always has been. Like just when you think, oh, yeah, positive result, then. That result sort of brings you down from that elation quite quickly, and unfortunately, it's happened again. Um, yeah, and it's just that sort of one minute we're all happy and buzzing, next minute we're you know in complete devastation, and it's just like you said in the intro, just two extremes, and um, yeah, just just a really depressing day yesterday, unfortunately. Yeah, it was. I, I, I mean, I, I can't really believe it. I think we've got to talk about the game first, mate. The Fulham game. I mean, um, it was, it was one that I know people. Some people have suggested, well, it's been coming and all that. But I, I, I personally didn't see it coming. I, I didn't see us losing like that. And to be honest, I didn't even see us losing. I, I went into that game thinking uh, that we were going to go there and get the three points, especially knowing what was up for grabs. Um, and I think that's the bit that disappoints me the most. Um, you were there, X, so you obviously get a bit more of an insight exactly how it went down. Um, what was your sort of feelings in terms of our approach to the game? Because what I saw of it, I actually thought we actually started pretty well. 
Yeah, and I think you're right. I think we did start well. We we looked like we were creating chances, and I was quite pleased with the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. But then the minute that goals goes in, the heads drop, and it just they just seem to not want to play after that. It was almost like they wanted to give up at that point and just say, right, we're, we're going to lose, so let's pack up. And mm. so many players didn't play well. You know, you, it's very hard to pick out a player that did play well, to be honest with you, if if any. Um, and, yeah, it was just such a poor result. And, you know, you, I broke it on the page and in the morning that there was a virus going around. And then, obviously, I don't know why. More people didn't seem to pick up it because we put it on the West Ham Way website as well, didn't mm, we? So, yeah. so it was available for all people to see, but people didn't really pay attention to it. It's only when David Ornstein and Moyes alluded to it afterwards that it was considered a factor. Now, apparently, it was quite bad. You know, obviously, it took out Alvarez. Emerson was taken out of the starting level as a result. Apparently, Fornells was ill. A number of staff were ill as well. And so... You know that wasn't a great preparation for him to to have to deal with on the on the you know before the game, but then for me, I I don't know why he just didn't play a couple of academy players instead. Yeah, because it's almost like a free hit for him if he if he goes into that game and he says, look, we've had virus going through the squad. It's meant a number of players that you know I've had to change my plans. If he'd said it before the game and he brought in a couple of academy players immediately, the West Ham fans would have given the team and him more sympathy and more sort of tolerance maybe to the performance. But you know, at a minimum, a minimum, if you put an academy player in, you're going to get effort at a minimum. You might not get quality because of the nerves. I think you would with the bunch we've got, but you know, let's just assume you're not guaranteed it. But at a minimum, you're going to get effort. And mm. I think. We have to start looking towards the future now. You know, Cresswell is been a, has been a great servant for the club. I love the fella, but he's clearly doesn't want to be here. He's on the way yeah. out. So why not look at someone like Oliver Skulls, who on the Absolutely. one game, the one game he played for us in Europe in Romania, got mad at the match. You know, and then you, you look in midfield. If the midfield, you know, why stick Fornells in? Why not play Cornet even, or even go younger, you know, go with someone like George Murphy or Lewis Orford or you know, you've got Connor Coventry sitting there as a defensive midfielder that could have came in and replaced Alvarez. Why mm. do we have to keep sort of going over the same, you know, old like squad players that have clearly not been up for it for a good season or so now? Mm. I just wish Moyes would look to bring in. And I always think West Ham fans love nothing more than an academy player coming through. So if mm. you chucked two in as a result of the virus, immediately the fans can be behind you. So I think he misses a trick with that sometimes. Uh, it's naivety, I think, from his point of view. As you say, like, fans will get behind him. It's almost like he doesn't quite get that at times, Moyes. As mm. you say, like, it's, it's just using your noggin. I mean, I, the problem with Moyes is I think that he's got the mindset of experience all the time. If I, I, I just want to go for experience. I play Creswell because mm. he's played X amount of Premier League games. But as you say, if he's not up to it, he's had, I mean, his best days are behind him. We, 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 we can see that. And, and as you say, he clearly is cutting the demeanour of a man that wants to leave the football club as us four now is really. I don't think they're, they're, their head's in the right place here anymore. And look, that happens. I'm not trying to single them out and blame them for that result because I don't. Um, it was there was more collective effort. But you're right. I, I just don't get the logic, especially when you've got a, an academy that are performing so well. Why not? Like, as you say, if we'd have put the few of the academy players out there and lost that three or four nil, people would have just said, like, fair enough. And, and, and at least I think they'd have been given a real good round of applause, actually, for having mm-hmm. young, some of the academy players out. But he hasn't done it. And... I think from a man of his experience, sometimes he's very naive at times, David Moyes. And yeah. that, that showed it again. And yeah, it's just so, so frustrating, mate, because we've got to start seeing some of these academy players soon, haven't we? 
But I think so because the danger is you're going to lose them. You know, if if you if they can't see a clear route to the starting eleven, then they're not going to stick around because you know you, you take Josh Cullen or Connor Coventry for example, both mm. of them determined to make it at West Ham. You know, Connor's 23, Josh was I think the same age before they'd even really got in the team, and then obviously Josh had to go to Burnley via um, Holland, uh, not mm. Holland, Belgium, sorry, Just via it, Belgium. Yeah, yeah and and <coughs> he's wasted two or three years of his of his career. By once, you know, bless him, who wants to make it West Ham, wants to make it the club they've been at. But unfortunately, with Moyes, these opportunities don't come. And, you know, I think I think that he if he'd put in Mbama earlier on, if he'd put in Skulls maybe, and then one from either, say, Earthy, Orford or Coventry, that team would have felt a lot different. You know, and mm. even even with the likes of Ogbonna, you know, Ogbonna, that fifth goal just got absolutely done for pace. You know, he couldn't get back yeah. at all. And you know, I like again another great servant of the club. I've got a lot of time for him. But at what point does it come that you look at someone like Caelan Casey, who's been brilliant for the Academy? You know, I'm yeah. not saying throw three, four, five of them in, but when you've got a virus ripping through the squad, when you've got a lot of games in quick succession, you know, mm. it, it's it's a good thing to do. I remember as a kid going to West Ham, you know, we I remember Matthew Rush breaking for it. Oh, Stuart Slater to start with. Stuart mm. Slater, Matthew Rush, Danny Williamson. And then obviously mm. a bit later, you had the, the golden era of Rio and Lampard and all the rest of them. So, and it means such a lot to West Ham fans having those players come through. And, mm. um, and I don't know why that would have been a perfect opportunity to do it. Yes, it's the benefit of hindsight, but Moyes is using the excuse that there was they they had the virus and so on. So he obviously knew they weren't fit to play. So then, yeah, take take that advantage. Exactly, and also like for one, you're not as you said, you're not putting the whole of the academy team out. You're not putting the under twenty ones out again. You're going to be playing a full full uh, full uh, blown Premier League game here, where they might look might feel a little bit under pressure, and it could knock their confidence because wrong. If you put two or three of them in, they're going to be surrounded by experienced players anyway. They're going to say to them, "Look, the pressure's not on you. Look, no one's mm-hmm. expecting you to come and you know set the world alight out here. Just put you know, just enjoy the experience of the day. You know what I mean?" Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, mate, to knock on to that, like obviously now that 5 0 defeat is against the first team and counts as a real negative. If it mm. had been a 5 0 defeat and there'd been a couple of academy players in there, like I think you said it earlier, like you would you'd still be disappointed as so, oh, God, that was a bad result, but you'd buy them a bit more lenient. See, yeah. I think. Whereas now this is a a mark on the first team and like, oh my god, they got battered by Fulham and it just looks bad. Whereas a couple mm. of youngsters in there would have softened that blow a little bit. And do you know what, actually, this is just uh, this is my feeling, right? I mean, obviously, losing five 0 yes, it's frustrating. But do you know what? Sometimes I can take a bit of a hammering occasionally because ultimately it is still football. They're only human beings out there, and you do have bad days. Like we've just watched Newcastle get thumped at um, at Tottenham. Before that, they got battered at three 0 at, at Everton. So it does happen. Like these things do happen. Like you can't just. They're not robots. I do appreciate that sometimes you're just going to have a bad day, right? So I'm not actually annoyed too much actually about the score. I know it's not great. Um, but do you know what really, really annoys me is the fact that we always do this when we get given an opportunity, when teams around us don't pick up mm. points and mm. we're given that ticket to go, if we'd have got three points, we'd have been sitting sixth today. We'd have been yeah. looking at that table and thinking, we've got Wolves at home next. We could be on 30 points by the time we go and play Man United, Arsenal, etc. But we just, we, it's almost like as a club, it's like a culture, like we just haven't got the bottle for this, really. We just, mm. we ain't up to it. Like, you just know for a fact, if that had been a, a team that are winners, that mentality, they'd have gone out there and won. But 
that's the bit that annoys me. Do you do you think there's a problem at this club for that? Like, I know we've won a trophy, but let's be honest. It, 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 theoretically, we, we always thought we should have done well in that tournament because of the, the, the um, competition we had. But do you feel there's a bit of an issue there? Because I do feel there's a bit of a running theme every time we seem to get given these little opportunities that we just don't take them. Yeah, the, the, there's got to be something there. And I think so. I think a part of it comes from a, a lack of leaders again. Like we always talk about this at West Ham, but when you go through that team, you know, you think obviously Zuma is the captain. Is he a great captain? Jury's still out. And then obviously when in his absence, Suchek took the armband. Is he a good captain? And you've got Cresswell and Ogbonna and Fabianski all towards the end of their careers. When you go through that team and you think mm. about leaders, there's not that many that jump out, you know? And I think that could be could be an issue there that they don't have that sort of mental strength to, to go through with it. And at the moment, there's just too many players that are in that game certainly that are playing too sort of casually as such like I think one thing that was important tonight I think it comes up in the question section at the end but there was um Fulham came out straight after the second half and were doing sprints as a team you know they were doing sprints straight after the second half they were working they're like you know not not like a major activity but mm. a couple of minutes just getting their bodies um you know pumping again and, and so on. we come out all sort of you know, lethargic, walking out mm. half-hearted. And I think that sort of sets the tone for the second mm. half sometimes. And I really feel that we just have this almost kind of like laid back, almost laziness in some ways to, to the second half. And that probably goes somewhere somewhere to explaining the fact that we've conceded so many immediately after half-time. And, you know, it's, you know, it's frustrating because, like you say, if, if we'd won... Um, which in theory we should have if we're better, we've got better players than Fulham throughout that 11. If mm. we'd won that game, then like you say, the league table would be looking very healthy this morning and you would have quashed the negativity. But the thing that's getting so frustrating for me at West Ham is you come off the, the euphoria of the win at Spurs on Thursday, everyone's buzzing. Three days mm. later, it's all negative and we want Moyes out again. And it's just like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it just swings. It's like the West Ham yo-yo at the moment in terms of emotions. You know, you know, you go up and down, up and down. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, yeah. Because on, on the face of it, right, forgetting that performance and everything else, like, on the face of it, realistically, we're in a good position in the league. It's it's not a disaster. Yeah, I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not condoning it and thinking, oh, it's fine, I'm not brushing it under the carpet. But mm. that, that, that's the frustrating part. It's just like, 
we haven't we just seem to lack that hunger as a club sometimes to go let's go for it like there's we, we mm. could have we, we want that top six even David Moyes said in an interview in the week that um top six is a little bit out of our reach this season which I, I annoyed me a little bit and I don't know whether yeah. he maybe did that to take the pressure off the players slightly and maybe it was a bit of a mind game trick but it does annoy me a little bit I think well we should be going for top six when we finished six a couple of years ago like why should we not be going for that um one thing I want to put to you X and I think it's becoming a concern and and I, and I maybe I'm guilty of it is that do you think we're overrating um, some of our players? Because I'm starting to suspect that this defence, you know, in, in terms of Zuma, Agurd, et cetera, just aren't up to it, aren't good enough, because we're conceding far, far too many goals. Um, what, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, obviously the defence, well, I should argue the striker as well, but the defence at the moment is the most concerning position because, as you say, we're shipping goals even when we win you know, we're shipping goals, so it, it is a concern. I think the problem you've got when you look at it from a, a tactical point of view is that it's very hard for us to play a high line because the problem we've got is, yes, Aguero's got pace, but Zuma's knees are absolutely shot to pieces, so mm. he he doesn't have the, the pace and the ability to turn quickly if someone breaks behind him. So he likes to play a deeper line, I think, and as captain, I think he's saying he's probably getting there, so I think our defence sit quite deep and therefore mm. we're not catching people offside we're 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 putting the pressure on us because you know they're, they're able to get closer to our goal because we're sitting so deep and when you take out alvarez from the team when he's you know sitting in front of that back four mm. that is a massive like freedom for the opposition to go on and, and attack our back line without him there and i think his absence was a key one. And, mm. and I just think, yeah, maybe maybe our defence isn't good enough. I mean, like you said, when you look at that, I mean, Emerson, I think, has had a great season. Yeah. I think I think Chafel is solid, maybe doesn't quite have the pace as a top top fullback, but mm. he, for now, is solid. But when you look at that centre-back partnership, I mean, I like Zoom. I'm not going to dig him out, but it is well known that he's not going to be able to come up against the quickest of forwards. And then Aguered, does have mistakes in him, as does Mavropanos, and Ogbonna showed that he hasn't got the pace, so maybe actually you know, we are a key centre-back away from, from having a, a good team, and you know, we, we tried to sign Maguire, didn't we? You know, yeah. Everyone sort of scorned at that and laughed at it, and he's just got player of the month. I think you know, it was Tim Steinson that really, really, really pushed for the signing of Mavropanos. You know, if you you listen to the chant. You know, he went to Dan to smoke some marijuana. Yeah. And, you know, brought back Alvarez and Kudos. But actually, those two players were already on the on the agenda and had already been, you know, yeah. had approaches before he pushed it. The one transfer he really pushed was Mavropanos. And, you know, mm. the jury's still out on him for me at the moment. But maybe maybe there is an issue with the centre-backs. You've got to, you've got to look to, you know, do mm. something about it because we can't keep shipping this many goals. Yeah, yeah. And also as well, I think another thing that's to be highlighted is possibly the goalkeeper as well. And I'm not having a go at um, Ariola here. I mean, I know that we, we, he didn't play then, but I mean, I've noticed as well that uh, command in the box as well, we seem to be lacking. It just seems to be a real issue at the moment. I've, you know, David Moyes' team is all sort of famous for being hard to beat, very resolute and very well organised. But at the moment, we just seem far too soft at the back. And I think it's a concern. And um, before we get on to talking about better things, mate, also I want to just quickly talk about Paqueta. Um don't get me wrong, exceptionally, exceptionally talented player and has been it's been wonderful for us at times. Um, but he's obviously he's got this heavily linked move away from the club. Uh, Manchester City obviously were looking to make a move for him and possibly going to get him in the summer. Um 
noticing lately that sometimes his performances aren't quite there. He seems to be not quite at it all the time, especially not, for, certainly not for 90 minutes anyway. Um, he has moments where he looks very sort of disinterested, actually. Um, the first half gets Tottenham, for, for one, he was totally absent for me, probably, probably his worst performance in the West Ham shirt. Is there an argument, do you think, that possibly West Ham might be doing a bit of wise bit of business to try and make a bit of money on Paqueta as much as we can and move <laughs> on? Or do you think it's someone we should be really looking to keep at the club? Yeah, it's a good question, that, mate, to be honest with you. Either for me, the jury is still a bit out on him. I think, obviously, when he plays in the centre, he's a lot better player. I, I think, obviously, you can write off the game mm. yesterday because everyone played terrible. But on on the, on the face of it, he's much better in the centre. So that's ultimately where we've got to get him if he's a West Ham player. And then I want to see more end product for him. I love the fact he's creative in midfield. I love the skills. I love the tricks. You know, we all go to West Ham to be entertained and he is a, an entertainer, particularly when he's on, on good form. But I mm. want to see more end product, you know, for a Brazilian international that we paid that much money for. I am expecting more goals and assists from him. And I mm. think if we can get him in the centre, then hopefully that will that will that will get towards it. But it, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. If Manchester City did come in in January, I don't think they will, because obviously the gambling thing is mm. still still over him at the moment. But if they did and they offered us 90 million and we could then reinvest that on an out and out left winger and a forward and maybe even a centre back, but certainly those two positions, I would have a serious tug of war in my brain as to what to do for the best of the club then. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I've been slightly leaning towards it a little bit. Don't get me wrong, I love Paqueta. He's an exceptional talent, but I do think at times there's a an element of a player that can be quite frustrating as well at times. He does, not necessarily down tools, but he, I think he's he, he can throw a little bit of a, a wobbler. He's got that sort of Decanio-esque about him. <laughs> Things are going right. He, he, yeah. he, he can be a little bit frustrating to watch. But look, mate, look, it, it's, this week wasn't all doom and gloom, thank God. I mean, it was actually a little bit of um, enjoyment. So unfortunately, it went the other way around. I wish it had been, um, we'd yeah. been, you know, Sunday would have been this result, but here you go. But we went to Tottenham and we got a result, mate, uh, On you know, in their, in their backyards and... What a, what a brilliant night that was. Um, obviously, you were there, mate. Um, and I wasn't, I was, I was watching, but uh, yeah, exceptional, exceptional night. What, what can you tell us about it? Well, yeah, exactly that. I mean, obviously, I think the first half we were pretty poor, but the second half we came out and we played really, really well. And it's always a great result to get, a, get um, you know, three points there. And I always try to be rational in my critique of Moyes and of the club and stuff. And if mm. if you'd said at the start of the season, of course, uh, sorry, at the start of the week, of course, I would have wanted six points. Of course, everyone would, you know, you wouldn't be a West Ham fan if you didn't. However, if you'd said to me we would get three points at the start of the week, I think I probably would have taken that. I think on yeah. the podcast with Dave, I said I think we'd get a point from each show. This is a point better than what I thought. And if I had to pick one of the two games for West Ham to win, <laughs> yeah. it would be winning at Spurs. So in that respect, it's not a terrible week. And like you said, if it had gone the other way round, that we'd maybe lost to Fulham but then beat Spurs, I bit the feeling would have been bit better. Obviously, mm. the nature of the defeat against Fulham 5-0, the terrible performance, doesn't help if it had been 1-0 last minute. It might not have felt so bad, but yeah, the, the performances were not great against both. Second half, though, I actually thought we played well against mm. Tottenham. We created you know, a number of chances where we could have scored. We obviously scored two, um, and it's a great win, and you know, people were saying Tottenham were off form. Obviously, they, they had one a few games before that but they've got a result at Manchester City and they've just battered Newcastle yeah. um, yesterday so you know they're still a good team 
We went there and got three points. So in the grand scheme of things, when you look at that league table, as mm. you said at the start, you know, we're sitting ninth, three points above Fulham, and then we're only three points above Manchester, sorry, three points behind Manchester United in sixth. And mm. Spurs six points behind in fifth. You know, if if you said to me that and again with the quarterfinals and the European situation. At the start of the season, I would have taken it. It's the mm. nature of the performances that are concerning. And I agree they are concerning and they can't continue to be the way that they are. But in the grand scheme of things, in West Ham's life cycle, this is not a particularly bad period when you look at when you look at the actual black and white and the facts of it and take the performance, and that's a big thing. But if you mm. look at where we are then it's not so bad. And yes, the win against Tottenham was great. You know, it's amazing. They were giving us shit as they always do. Mm. Then we went one, two, one. It was a really good atmosphere and a really good day. So let's try and focus on that going into the Wolves game and the and the Freiburg game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, in the grand scheme, when you stand back from it, it's not all doom and gloom. And if, if anything, if you want to put another positive spin on it, it's because of the other results, although that really winds me up more, it's almost like we kind of got away with it because... Yeah. It's not as if, um, you know, Newcastle won, Brighton won, Man United won, and then they've all got three points more than we've lost and got hammered. Then you'd be thinking, oh, we're getting pulled further and further away now from the sort of top six, top seven chase. But theoretically, no one really got a result apart from Tottenham. So I'm talking about this weekend. So we we theoretically got away with it a little bit. Um, But again, if anything, that just... I don't know whether you can you can still use it on two sides. One way you can look at it like that, or you can be frustrated. You think, well, we should have then won. We'd have been we'd have been three points better off than everybody else. But yeah, it is what it is. And as you say, there's still plenty to be excited about. Uh, the Tottenham game, though, mate. I mean, uh, it's, as you say, the first half was frustrating to watch. We didn't really create a lot. We defended very heavily, um, but arguably pretty well because I thought their goal was very good. But not much we could really do about it. I thought we didn't do a lot wrong. Um, obviously, second half was excellent. Uh, from West Ham. Um, a few of the performers we talk about, James Ward-Prowse, I mean, obviously getting the winner and playing, in, I would say, in a more suited position, a bit more advanced. Uh, what was your thoughts on Ward-Prowse's performance? Yeah, I thought he played well. And then, like you say, the key for him is being more advanced. We all knew that when we signed him, his attributes were obviously um, set pieces, but also getting into the box and scoring goals. He can't do that if he's sitting deep. I would mm. always, if I set up that midfield, I would always have Alvarez sitting deep and I would allow Ward-Prowse and Paqueta to have more licence to roam. You know, Paqueta up and down, drift slightly towards the left. Ward-Prowse up and down, drift slightly towards the right. And I think you've got to, that's your central three. And I always feel harsh dropping Suchek and stuff. But I think for me, he's been such a great impact sub. You know, mm. when you want... When you want uh, a result and you, you can put in the balls in the box. He seems to come alive at the end of the games anyway. So if you bring him on with right half hour to go, that's yeah. the solution for me, I would think. And then, um, but that's a different issue. But I think, yeah, Ward Prowse has got to be more advanced and, and, and it's got to be looking to be getting in the opposition's box because he's already proven he'll score goals and create things for us. Mm, absolutely. Uh, another player I wanted to mention as well, X, was uh, Emerson. Uh, another outstanding performance for him against um, Tottenham. Is he a contender, do you think, for Hammer of the Year? 
Yeah, see, I think he's a, he's a dark horse for it, definitely. I mean, the problem with left-back is that you don't get necessarily the goals, you don't yeah. necessarily get the, the skills and the and the assists and so on. But actually, that Tottenham game is another example where I thought he was the best player. You know, he was calm, composed, and he started attacks numerous times. And, you know, since he broke in to the first team towards the end of last season where he was consistently left-back, I think mm. he's rarely had a bad game you know you think about some of the crucial games as well including the final against Fiorentina I thought he was our best player in that final and Mm. then you take the Spurs game another crucial game I think he was our best player and I think you know actually when you look at it of course Bowen's going to be a contender with all his goals of course Ward Prowse will be with his goals and assists you could say kudos as well with the impact that he's had when you look at it in terms of consistency from the very start of the season, you know he's got to be right up there. And and I don't usually pick a favourite player because I support the team, and I'm not really one to have a favourite player as such. But for me, he's the he is the person I think I've appreciated the most this season. Yeah, I think so for me. I, I really do. I, I admire him so much. He offers so much for the team, and I love I love his attitude. How he gets forward. He's just such. A, he's one of the players. I just think it's a bit of a gem that we've got there from Chelsea. I think a really clever signing because when he first came, I wasn't overly bowled over with him. I'm not. I wasn't quite sure, but uh, no, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player for us, and I was so delighted to see him. Um, so, mate, it's obviously over to your section now. I'm really hoping that you can uh, offer some decent news and lift the mood <laughs> after that uh, absolute drubbing against Fulham. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.